Welcome to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Now, here's your host, Johnny Radio himself, John Harden. When you hear the sound of coming, hear the drums drumming, I want you to join together with the band. We don't move in any particular direction, and we don't make no collections. I want you to join together with Yo, the yo, band. yo. Welcome into a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. Brian Dacus is hanging with me all day long, all day strong, and we got a great Monday show for you because we got Jake Crane from Crane and Company going to come on. We're going to talk a little bit of college football. What about this? Are coaches just killing their teams by not understanding the flow and the vibe of the game and what's going on in front of them? I remember Dan Lanning. Going forward on fourth down and one. And this has to do with just keep going for it and going fourth and two, fourth and three. Florida State, Duke. Duke has the lead. I know 10 is more than six, but you go forward on fourth down and three from like the five. Incomplete pass. Florida State goes down the field, scores a touchdown, and then it all down the, downhill. Tennessee in the second half. What was going on with Tennessee. Not No, they did it in both halves. On their side of the field. Go for it. How about punt and play some defense? But you had Oregon and Washington last week at Duke, Florida State, Tennessee, Alabama. Coaches going for it. It's crazy. We're going to talk with Jay Kearney about that. Plus, some of the top teams in the country, man. Big wins this week. Crazy losses. Uh, Lincoln Riley. Just don't think he's going to get it done. He's had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Caleb Williams, three Heisman winning quarterbacks. But his team's never complete. USC suffered their second loss of the season, losing to Utah and Bryson Barnes, who went off. We also got to talk, of course, Ohio State, Penn State, another coach, James Franklin going for it, taking basically the Nittany Lions out of it. I don't know, man. We're going to talk a lot of college football, plus the NFL is wild. Man, the Dolphins saw some stuff, you know. Took the Eagles. Very, very, just a little bitty touch. Was scared to death of that Eagles game. Scared to death. Didn't know what, uh, you know, didn't know if the Dolphins offense was legit because you look at their record and who they've been playing this season. And you're sitting there and you're like, my goodness, the Chargers aren't any good. They're two and four. They beat the Patriots, who are two and five. They beat the Broncos, who are terrible, but held on yesterday for a big win. Was it 1917? Sounds right. Uh, yeah, they beat the Giants. Like, these teams are not any good. And they beat an 0 and 6 Panthers team. Dang. But they did play the Bills and got smoked. And they played the Eagles. And pretty much got smoked. I mean, um, Eagles took control. And man, that that fourth down in one play is no joke. And that's the other thing. You can talk about coaches going forward on fourth down. Well, no other team in the whole world, in college nor pro, can get a yard every damn time like Nick Sirianni's group. You got Kelsey up there. You got Hurts. I mean, by the way, Jalen Hurts is a dude who you know, squats 600 pounds. 
Like they 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 get that one in yard as Nick Sirianni said in his press conference last night. When we start any first and ten, it's first and nine because if we get to fourth and one, we're just lining up as fast as we can and we're running that same damn play until somebody stops us. By the way, he also said nobody else does it like us, and so far ain't nobody stopping us. Alabama Bowl last night was a fun one, thirty-one seventeen. Sure was. I mean, you had. Ballers all over the place from Bama. Oh, good game. Yesterday also in the NFL, man, the Chargers. I mean, I don't think that was the the most dominant Chiefs performance ever offensively. No. McCoy, uh, Hardeman come, comes over. Just They just get him on Wednesday. Huge punt return. Pat Mahomes in the first half, by the way, was cold-blooded. Travis Kelsey was cold-blooded. First half. Second half, that Chargers defense played really good. But the thing that's impressive to me is that Kansas City Chiefs defense that doesn't really have all the big names other than Chris Jones, they are playing awesome. They shut out the Chargers in the second half yesterday. Just shut them out. Held them to 17 points. Chiefs defense has been keeping him in. But again, Pat Mahomes doing Pat Mahomes things. He just... He's nasty. Four twenty-four, four touchdowns, one pick, and it was a kind of a pedestrian performance because of his second half, which is also crazy to say. Chiefs look like they're back, but we got NFL, we got college football, but don't forget the Rangers. They forced Game Seven. Adolis Garcia is hitting bombs left and right. Hit a slam in the ninth inning. Nine-two was the final. Nobody's wanted home in the ALCS. Former Memphis Redbird, Adolis Garcia. That's right. That's right. That's right. LeClerc, bases loaded, jam, gets with one out, gets two big outs. Struck out this dude, John Singleton, by the way, who a decade ago was like a top prospect in the Astros organization and had a huge walk in game five, but comes up, battled, battled, battled. He did get the strikeout. Uh, baseball is great, but we have two games today. We got the Phillies and the Cardinals. I'm telling you right now, Merrill Kelly versus Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola has been so solid. 3 and 0, 9.96 ERA. His whip just 0.75 is ridiculous. 18 and two thirds innings. My man's got 19 Ks to two walks. That's at 407. Of course, then we have game seven tonight. Rangers. Astros, can Max Scherzer do anything? He looked terrible. They're putting him on the bump. But we're going to talk everything again. We got baseball, college football, NFL. But right now we got Jake Crane. What's up, Jake? How's life? Man, it's, it's fantastic. We got college football, NFL, basketball starting, Major League Baseball in the playoffs. I, it, it's a heck of a time. It is a heck of a time. But it uh, sounds like nobody had a better time yesterday than your brother. Um he did a Dallas Goddard first time touchdown and put five hundred on that joint. Yeah, dude, it was wild, and, and then hit another bet that night. I think he had Jalen Hurts over two touchdown or one and a half touchdown passes, and Tyreek Hill over six and a half receptions, and won like another three grand. So, yeah, it was a butter festival last night. <laughs> well, um, got to jump into college football, and I wanted to you know bring this up at first. 
you know, I, you know, I talked about it. Everybody in the grandmother talked about it. You talked about it. Like everybody was talking about Dan Lanning in the Washington game and going forward down, you know, and fourth down on their side of the field. Uh, you've seen it a lot, a whole lot lately. Nobody does it like the Eagles. If it's fourth and one, Eagles go for it every damn time. But nobody in college nor pro does it like the Eagles. But everybody else is doing it. And I, I felt like Tennessee, Josh Heupel, basically coached the Vols out of that football game. I feel like Duke, and I hate saying it, man, they did the same thing. Take some. Sometimes you need to take the points and put pressure or make the other team go all the way down the field and score. I know you're on the road against Florida State. There were a lot of games where I just thought coaches coached their teams out of this bad boy. What do you think about the um, just some of these coaches are making tons? Of, I mean, that's why they make tons of money. Coaching wins football games, but he can also lose it. What do you think about what's going on lately with the fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three on their side of the field? Well, uh, well, you know, look, I, I think every decision is circumstantial. I, I think there's a fad going on right now, and everybody wants to be cool. It's it's kind of like you know, you know, your grandma made the best apple pie all, of all time, and then you try and get other people to use that same recipe. Yeah, it may be good every once in a while, it may be close, but nobody's making the apple pie as good as your grandmother, and, and that's what the Eagles have done with with the Bush push. I, I feel like. Uh, you know, you never want to be two on one side, right? You don't want to always take the most drastic, risky option. You don't always want to be the safest guy in the room. Uh, I just, I, I feel like we've kind of jumped the shark on some of it. And, and, you know, there are some differences, obviously, in the NFL and, and college. When you look at the extra point, when it comes down to going for two, you know, you see a lot of teams that are down in the NFL by 14. They'll go for two after that first touchdown. Well, when you move the extra point back and it's out of the 99th percentile, I guess I can understand that. Uh, but there's a lot of analytics things that I think they just use the term analytics to explain why they do it, and there's really no analytics behind it. Who do you think hurt their team more? Um, you know, was it was it the Vols coaching staff or was it Duke's coaching staff? Because, I mean, watching them back-to-back. Well, well I, I, I mean, I, I would say overall I think Duke – because I think when it came down to personnel and the way the game was going, even though you know Riley Leonard was was in there, I felt like Duke was climbing up a, a higher hill than what Tennessee was. I think Tennessee, it was a lot of choices made over time. I think Duke sometimes you got to put your pedal to the floor and scream America. <laughs> I just couldn't believe because Mike Elko is somebody that you just think of. Uh, you know, I mean, he is a great football coach. But I thought, I mean, Florida State was in some serious trouble, and then they just made he just kept making questionable decisions. And at some point, you have to say, take the points, or damn, your defense is playing so good, let them continue to go play a little football. Um, And then with the backup quarterback with fourth down and three, that I thought that was insane. Yeah, look, and and I I think there is a logical argument to both sides. I, I think it's one of those things where you know if you're Duke and you're looking at your personnel versus Florida State's personnel. You're really like, how many times can we hold on? You know, how, how long can you actually hold the rope? I, I think there's a calculus in there for that. And we all know as, as well as Duke has played and as great of a job as Mike Elko's done, Florida State's personnel is still a whole heck of a lot better than Duke. So I agree with you there, Johnny Radio. Yeah, I agree with that too. It's just, it, it was, it just felt like, you know, you're in the fourth quarter, you're going to go up six. Take the points. You know, you don't know if Ryan yeah. Leonard is ever coming back. You just bring in the backup quarterback, cold as ice, and you go for it on fourth and three, and it just it didn't work out. But 
I don't know. That's just, you know, you know, different strokes, different folks. But again, a little bit of college football uh, news. Like how, how is Lincoln Riley? He's had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Caleb Williams. Can he, can he get it done or is he always just going to produce Heisman Trophy winners? Well, I mean, I've said it during the offseason, Johnny Radio. We talked about it. Like, Lincoln, this is the same movie over and over again. Like, at some point, do you realize, like, the cops are just never going to catch the guys from Fast and the Furious? Like, at some point, you know, do you realize that, like, the Transformers are always going to come back and save the day? It's the same movie over and over again. As long as Lincoln Riley is with Alex Grinch, they're going to be like the Globetrotters on offense, except for one or two Saturdays during the fall, and they're not going to be good enough on defense to win a championship. They're not going to win it. Like, at some point, you know, if somebody shows you who they are enough, you have to believe them. But everybody – and look, Lincoln Riley's a really good head coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach uh, or a bad head coach, but he's not elite. I mean, it's at some point as well, like, does Alex Grinch have pictures of somebody? Like, how does this man still have a job? I, I have no idea. Speaking of not having a job, Dan Enos out at Arkansas after six straight losses – they only got a field goal to get Mississippi State. What the heck is going on in Fayetteville? Disaster. I mean, year four, uh, it's, and I'm not expecting Arkansas, you know, to go undefeated and make the playoff every year. But it just shocked me how bad they are up front with it being a Sam Pittman head, uh, coach team. It shocked me that in a year where basically nobody returned their quarterback and and really tandem in the backfield, talking about with Rocket Centers at running back. That Arkansas was still this bad. You've lost five games in a row. Um, you know, or excuse me, you've lost now six games in a row. It's not looking like it's getting any better. Uh, and look, Danny knows he wasn't great. I know they were trying to protect KJ this year so he could make it through a whole season. But but this falls on Sam Pittman. I mean, it's it's too far gone. It's just shocking to see that this, especially after the Texas game where they beat Texas a couple years ago and everybody was just in their field, how this didn't work out. But it's it's more on Sam Pittman than Danny does. Speaking of, uh, you mentioned Texas in there and being out. Well, uh, Quinn Ewers, he goes down. What's this mean for Sark's group going forward? Well, it's how long can you survive without him? Now, Malik Murphy, who knows? I, I don't think they're going to take the red shirt off Arch Manning. You do get BYU at home. Uh, then you get TCU at home. So you're, you're not going through a huge gauntlet the next couple weeks. And then I believe you, or excuse me, you have... Uh, Kansas State at home, and then you have TCU on the road, Iowa State on the road, and then Texas Tech at home. You're not going through your murderer's row. I think Texas Tech is good enough to stay undefeated. Uh, but, but is this one of those situations where, you know, you're, you know, now that Quinn is probably out of the Heisman, what type of offensive approach is Stark going to take moving forward? Is he going to stay super aggressive, or is he going to try and let his defense to outside of Oklahoma? And I could guess you could say, a, a couple quarters against Houston has been pretty good and, and let them take the wheel. That's what I find the most inter- interesting, but I don't think Texas is out of it by any any, any uh, stretch of the imagination. That Kansas State game is going to be pretty tough without them, but this week they're, it they, is, they should but, crush but this BYU. Team, they're, they're a little more mid than they were last year. Yeah. Uh, Big 12 is so weird, man. They, like You don't have yeah. people that repeat in the, in that division. Like, I mean, look at TCU last year. They win the conference. Now look at it this year. It seems like after uh, a Big 12, if you win the conference in the Big 12 the next year, you might not win seven games. Um, yep. Switching gears, man, how disappointed. If you're if you're a North Carolina fan, what are you – are you still just stunned with what happened on Saturday against yeah. Virginia? 
everybody talk about oh well, you know Oklahoma they barely survived and oh you know Texas barely survived against Houston. You know who wished they barely survived? North Carolina and North Carolina fans right now. And listen, I understand you're not going to play your best every weekend. But there is such, and I want to make sure to give Tony Elliott and Virginia a lot of credit, but there is such a huge gap between the talent that North Carolina has on the football field, especially this year, as opposed to Virginia. It's bigger than it's ever been. And this North Carolina team, you know, it looked improved in the one we saw last year that that was very Lincoln-Riley-ish, right? Really talented on offense, can score a lot of points, going to get ran through like a finish line by everybody else. So I, I thought this was one of the biggest, and most major disappointments. And if you're a team like an LSU or a one-loss Pac-12 team or somebody that, that doesn't need you know three or four teams to thread the needle, this is huge in the ACC because now Louisville has a loss and North Carolina has a loss. So a lot of that chaos we thought we may see at the end of the year in the ACC with maybe an undefeated Florida State, an undefeated Louisville, and an undefeated North Carolina – having to meet up to flip a coin at a gas station somewhere like it's Friday Night Lights, that seems to be avoided. Uh, man, Missouri, though, has been a shocker this year. I mean, damn, without uh, Jaden Daniels pulling a rabbit out of his hat, they'd be undefeated 8-0. They are 7-1, 3-1 the SEC. Bigger threat to Georgia. Is it Tennessee or Missouri? Uh, I think it's Tennessee because it's on the road, and, and now Tennessee's really not going to have a chance to win the division. They'll have they'll have really kind of playing for nothing to lose, uh, with nothing to lose. That you know, I, when I look at this Missouri team, it's one of the most intriguing stories around the country. I feel great for Drink, uh, and if they were able to keep that lead against LSU, you know, at the end of the day, you're looking at a team that's top ten in the country, and it's one of the best stories uh, across the nation. But I think Florida's right up there with them, man. I, I mean, with what Billy's done with, with the expectations, including myself going into this year. Now, now look, there's a lot of time left. There's a lot of games left on the schedule. It, it could go south pretty quickly, but it seems that there's a lot of momentum. You're seeing it manifest itself in recruiting and Graham Mertz. You talk about a guy who, who I felt like was going into a system that didn't really fit him. Yep. That's really performed above board, above board. It hasn't been Florida's run game. It's been Graham Mertz in time of need who's come through, and, and who thought, you know, after watching him in Wisconsin, basically looked like a Chia pet. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a terrible fit. I was with you on that one. I mean, Mertz was terrible Wisconsin. I didn't think he was going to be doing anything, especially not being able to line up and uh, run the football, actually, a little bit, which is kind of weird because he is not the most athletic guy you've ever seen in your life. No, uh, no. I uh, got to know, though, man, What you know, Auburn, Ole Miss – like, how do these teams feel? I mean, Auburn's defense, the second half, they were, you know, I mean, the first half, I mean, like, there was just moments during that game where you felt that Ole Miss was going to be able to take over, and Auburn's defense just came up with big play after big play, but Ole Miss did hold on 28-21. Yeah, look, right now it's going to be the same old story with Auburn. I, offensively, they, they missed in the portal at quarterback. There's nobody on the outside at receiver that can make big plays. They're a one-trick pony, and it's really not even that great of a trick. Uh, Ole Miss, you know, kind of gravity took over a little bit at the end of the game. But I, and Auburn fans, I know that they're upset. They're like, oh, go fast on offense, play with tempo. Well, if you do that and it doesn't work, which it probably most likely won't because you still don't have great players on offense, now the defense is out there even more snaps, probably 25 to 30 more. Now you have no chance. Auburn's best pass to victory, best pass to victory with this deficient of, of a roster is to kind of dribble out the shot clock and hope you can get it to a one-possession game late in the game. And while that's ugly, it's not sexy, 
It's not going to make you a lot of friends. It's the best option, unfortunately, that Auburn has right now, and that's how they're going to have to play. Now you got Mississippi State coming up at home, which which there's a lot more competitive balance there from a talent standpoint. Arkansas is the same way, but it's on the road. But in these games, you know, uh, the at or uh, uh, getting Bama at home, you're going to have to find a way to try and just make it ugly and see if you can steal one at the end. And you know, Hugh's going to get a quarterback and a bunch oh, yeah. of wide receivers because that's what Hugh does. For sure. So this is just Auburn fans just hold on. But damn, it was a, it was a, that was a hard fought, scary game for, uh, Rebel fans. Um, one yeah, other... it was every game scary for Auburn fans. But scary for a different <laughs> Peyton reason. Thorne is so terrible. And then you bring in Robbie Ashford who can't throw the damn ball. It's like, I'm like, damn, I bet Hugh Freeze is losing his mind. Um, over in the NFL, man, I just had to ask you before we get off because we're going to ask you for a bet. And of course, this is, uh, Jake Crane from Crane and Company, the best show. You can check it out on YouTube. Just go to Crane and Company. You can watch it when you get up, or you can get up like me and bing, bang, boom, it comes on. Hit it later in the day, whatever. It's the best show going. Ravens beat the absolute breaks off the Lions. I did not see that coming. Uh, that that Ravens team, I mean, did, what, what did that game say? Is it, or is it just the NFL? Well, it's one of those games. You know, you there's always those one or two games a year where one team just plays as good as they possibly can. Like, I don't think the Ravens can play better than that. I mean, I heck, they were on the Red Zone channel for the first 35 minutes of the game because <laughs> all they were doing was everything was working. Mark Andrews, it looked like young Mark Larg out there. Lamar, looked like looked like young Lamar running around, extending the play, quarterback design run. They had wide receivers making plays left and right. Roquan Smith was running down everything he didn't like yet. It looked like a lion in the, in the Serengeti. Uh, right, chasing an antelope. It just, everything worked. And the Lions, you know, you just walked into a hurricane, man. Like, sometimes, you know, to, to quote the kids, sometimes it just be like that. <laughs> By the way, uh, check out Crane & Company again. Check it out on YouTube. Um, it's it's perfect. You get up in the morning, it's simple. And not only are you doing your show every day, you've got the Saturday thing going. I saw there was a recap with Alabama, Tennessee. Heck, what did you have to say about that one? Well, it went similar to how we thought. I actually, you know, Joe Milton doing a little bit better than than what I projected, though. That one kind of surprised me. Uh, not that he was elite, but, you know, I thought at the end of the day, Joe Milton wasn't the reason that Tennessee lost. I, I think, you know, you, you don't make a great adjustments in the second half. You change your style up. You know, you get beat, what was it, 27 to nothing in the second half mm-hmm. uh, after after leading 20 to 7. I, I thought it was game adjustments. Yeah, it was a game of adjustments, and Josh Heupel definitely failed him. And, man, Squirrel White, though, in that first half especially, he was nasty. What a kid. Goodness gracious, that man's good. Speaking of good, it's Jake Crane, Crane & Company. Check him out. What you got coming down the pipe this week? Oh, man, a little bit of everything. We're headed out to Vegas in the middle of the week uh, to cover Power Slab. But we're live each weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern. Got live chat, live calls, talking everything, college football, NFL, all that jazz. Uh, just come go to YouTube. It's the easiest way to find us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, C R A I N and Company. Man, be blessed, Jake. Thanks for your time, brother. All right, sounds good. That is Jake Crane from Crane and Company. We're late for a break. I'm going to take a quick timeout. Back in two shakes. Terry Davis on the other side. Tigers got them bones back. Sports fifty six ninety eight five FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. 
follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke, he's so mad, but he won't give up daddies. He know he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He knows that, but he's pro. He's so stagnant. He knows when he goes back to this Welcome road. back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy, Johnny Radio. Got Brian Dacus and Johnny Hill in the house, and now it's time to talk some Tigers with Terry D. Tigers got them bones back. They took care of business. Um, you know, it was kind of tight. You know, it was real tight. Going into halftime, you're like, oh, man, it's tight. And in the third quarter, they just exploded all over UAB. Um, and it was, you know, Watson running like a madman. Uh, but uh, Tigers got a very big win, 5-2. and two. And now it's time to talk with Terry. What up, TD? How's life? Man, life is great, man. What's going on your end? Man, you know everything's good. I got baseball on today, like two baseball games. You got the NFL game, a little 49ers action with Minnesota. Can't complain about nothing, man. Life is good, isn't it? Life is great, man. And, and the Tigers and the Rebels won this weekend, man. It was a great weekend for me. Can't get no better than that. No, it really, really can't, man. Well, how? What was it about the Tigers in the third quarter? Um, was it straight up just adjustments that the Tigers made at halftime? No, they just came and pounded them in the face, man. Yeah, they did, didn't they? You know, because I, I looked at it, you know, they had a six-minute drive, a nine-minute drive in the second half. They just came out and said, look, we just going to overpower you. We're not going to be flashy. We're just going to just run this ball down your throat. We're going to extend the drive, do all the little things. Because they had the ball for 23 minutes of the 30 minutes in the second half. That's incredible, man, when you put about that. That's when you put your wheel on someone. Man, they think about how much, you know, like, you know, Tigers have been airing it out. And, you know, Seth Hennigan, you know, through, you know, I mean, he still had two touchdown passes. But it was really, it was the ground game that I felt was the difference and also allowed that defense to get a little bit of rest so they weren't just out there whipping on their tackles. I mean, the defense exactly. in the second half, to be honest with you, they were as solid as you could get. First half, again, why does the Tiger defense always struggle to tackle in the first half? That's a mystery that I have been trying to figure out for the longest because I asked them why do it always take them so long to do it, and they don't even know the answer because sometimes they just come out and play a great first half and don't play a great second half. They have yet to put four quarters together as a unit together. Yes, you're extremely right. Um, but, man, that second half, again, they were dominant, and they, you know, ball control, running the football. Now, um, you know, after they've, you know, Memphis has the bones back, now they got to start looking ahead and start thinking of themselves. Uh, North Texas, you got South Florida, Charlotte, SMU, and Temple. Um, is there a chance that they could run the table? Yeah, but that still might not be a good thing, though, because they, they still going to need a little help because there's three teams ahead of them and two of them, one of them they don't play. You know, uh, UTEP they don't play. I mean, not UTEP, UTSA, where yeah, they don't play, but they play SMU. But if they play, and if they run the table out, they're just going to need some help from Tulane and hopefully somebody else to knock them out. And then they might be having to make the trip down to uh, New Orleans the first week in December. Who are you looking at? You know, when I'm looking at Tulane's schedule, I, that's the one thing that kind of also scares you. Um, you need Texas San Antonio to trip up somewhere other than the last game of the year, Tulane. 
who has right. them uh, because they got some – I mean Rice, Eastern Carolina, Tulsa, and FAU doesn't give me just a lot of hope though. Exactly, and that's what scares me. And if Memphis and um, – I don't know what the tiebreaker format is. If Memphis wins out and they're tied with UTSA. And Tulane. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know what the what 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 the what the tiebreaker would be because if Tulane wins out, they'd be undefeated, and Memphis will have one loss, and UTSA has had one loss. So, you know, it's going to be interesting how that goes. You know, because back in the day, is the tiebreaker used to be the team that was ranked the highest would would get the tiebreaker, but you know, unless Memphis get into the polls, that you know, that's the only way they're going to get that tiebreaker. <sighs> All right, we're going to have to see what happens going forward. Keep our fingers crossed, that's for damn sure. Um, but they are playing better, though. I man, let better. me tell you something. That was a very important get-off-the-mat game, I think. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that was uh, – that that was that was crucial because again that loss to Tulane you know when you had you go score twenty one straight points and you have all the momentum and it was just like the whole like the air got sucked out of them and Memphis couldn't get out of their own damn way in that fourth quarter. Um, that, exactly. that was a good you know getting off the mat going on the road beating UAB and, and beating them handily in the second half. I think it's good for them going forward. I think they're going to have no problem handling North Texas. Right. The only thing with that is, you know, uh, our quarterback is going home. We want to make sure that he's fully focused on what he needs to do because that's just going to be his first game going back home with all the distractions and all that, that comes along with that. So as long as he keeps his head in the game. Is uh, the ladies' man? Like, is he going to have to, you know, like, is there going to be too many people he's going to have to, you know, see, you know, too many? Exactly. That's the problem because, you know, everyone knows he's a top-tier quarterback. You know all his, you know all his high school teammates, former teammates, going to be there. You know all his family going to be there. You know they're going to have a big, large following there that he's going to have to entertain people on Friday when he gets there early. It's going to be. He's just going to have to make sure he keep his head in the game. Keep his head in the game, figuratively and literally. Right. <laughs> um, Got to switch gears, man. Uh, what's going on with some Tiger basketball, man? What's going on? What, what, what's the word on the street? I know I heard a little something about um, Billy Richmond. Um, you know, of course, whose son everybody's going after, Billy Richmond the uh, third, yeah. Penny being one of them, was kind of uh, dumping on Memphis and the whole NIL situation. Yeah, you know, because one thing about Billy, you know, because a lot of people know that he's the wing the guru. Wait, 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 no, no, exactly. He is he's in the wing guru. Yeah. And he's been, he's been, you know, he's been, he's been sponsoring Tiger athletes for the last, you know, mm. since NIL was was legal. And his problem is, he's one of the only ones that's going out there, you know, on that level that's sponsoring these guys, you know, because Memphis is not competing. You know, we got a Memphis has a lot of fans that talk a lot, but it's not a lot of money going to the conference for the NIL fund. And that's what his problem is. He's saying that Memphis don't have the money to compete in the NIL fund because. I think last time we could, they they looked at it, it was only a couple hundred thousand dollars. They had to spread it out to all the athletes. You know, I know. some of these guys get some, some some of these guys did the one off because Billy doesn't participate in the NIL fund, but he just go out and do it directly to the to the star player. But the fund is not there, and, and that's what he's talking about. Memphis NIL fund compared to Kentucky is like you know uh, a Dollar Tree compared to a Walmart. Oh man! Um, by the way, that like everybody knows that there's this issue with the University of Memphis. How you know? How does Penny navigate that situation? He just you no know, Penny. I you know I don't know what Penny's selling these guys, 
but he has got he's got them believing that look, the best path to the NBA is through me and through my teaching to my coaching, and those guys uh, are, are buying it. You know, even the one and done, they're buying it. You know, he, you know, the one year he had the two NIL deals with the money based and the and Jalen Durham. You know, and I think that put left a sour taste in a lot of alumni mouth. But but he's he's doing his he's handling his end of the bargain. You know, it, it's just uh, you know I know our fans talk a lot of noise. But when it comes time to write that check, you know, it, it's not being signed by by the the second the third party, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and also like when you think about Billy Richmond the third, you know, Billy Richmond, everybody, like I said, I couldn't remember. That's why I didn't want to say the wrong wing place. I was like, uh, you know, you know, guru, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I just, you know, what it's just called luck sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, he, you know, him being a former basketball player, um, yeah. prominent alumni, somebody who's given back to the basketball program, you almost think it would be, you know, beneficial or like you, it would, it would actually help Penny, but with him coming out and kind of criticizing, I think, what did he put it on? Like his social media on the Facebook, I think. Yes. Yes, he did. Like that. I don't know, man. That just kind of, that's kind of like a little gut punch to, it feels like to everybody who's a Memphis alum. One thing about Billy, if you know Billy, Billy always keeps it real. Yeah, he definitely kept it real. You know, one thing about Billy is he's just not a talker. He's at every game in his suite. And you know, and he just he goes there. He supports the Tigers and the Grizzlies. You know, mm-hmm. he used to have uh, the the guru in the the FedEx form. So he he he's about it. You know, so he does support them, and he does write a check to the university. He's just telling it like it is. You know, he's a big Tiger supporter. But when it comes down to this right here, it's going to be between him and, and what's best for him and his son. That's now. Here's where I was getting ready to go. What do you think that does mean for his son? Is Billy just trying to keep it 100 so Memphis fans aren't completely let down or understand that he ain't going to be coming here, or is he just saying, "Hey, step up"? You know, you know, my kid. I'm I'm, I'm not going to be the only one here supporting my kid. I've been doing it since he was born. Damn it! <laughs> exactly. You know, my thing is. Billy, you know, Billy don't need the money. It, it, it's really not about the money, and this time it's really not about the money. It's about the process because just because I bring my son here, who's he going to play alongside of? And that's what he's trying to get the point to. Mm-hmm. You know, I want my son to go to college, and I want him to. And top only, players want top dollars. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm, my son might not need the top dollar, but some of his guys that come with him might need the money to come there because at Kentucky, you know they're going to get the guys the top dollar. Yep. And, have somebody to play with, and he wants somebody to play along with his son because, you know, one thing about basketball, you know, college, you know, one player can make a difference, but three make a better difference. If you know, you know, because <laughs> last year, because when you had DeAndre and, and Kendrick there, you had two people carrying along the whole team. But look, look, if you have three guys standing at that same level, it makes it jo- makes the job so much easier. Now, um, they're still, uh, you know, putting out things to try to get good vibes around um, Dre. What uh? What do you think the chances are? Like you, I got feeling any better? Like any different juju? I know mean, we haven't heard anything, but like we, we just all sitting around keeping our fingers crossed about this whole situation. Man, when it comes to NCAA, man, they might not rule it to January because it's not like they're doing anything right now. Because as much money as they got, it shouldn't take this long to rule on anything. Because they are they worse than the U.S. Congress, man. When it comes to passing <laughs> and and doing bills and stuff, man. You know, because like that, t- that that Brian situation with North Carolina, that kid shouldn't have to set out five games. You know, it's it's crazy. It should not take this long as much money as they had to do this stuff. Man, I totally agree with you. I couldn't say it any better um, at all. Now I do have to mention because you know, 
you are a connoisseur of all sports. Like you yeah. love sports, like it's going. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? I got Grand Slam last night. Oh, dude! Oh, dude! Adolis Garcia is yeah. smashing baseballs. Yeah. That thing got yeah. out so fast. 110 yeah. exit velo off the bat, line drive, wham! Who you got today, though? Who you got? Game seven. We got the Rangers. We got the Astros. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm even saying this. But you know who's going to be on the bump? You got Max Scherzer on the bump for Texas who got killed. only made one start in the last month, and he got smoked by the Astros. And then you got Christian Javier who's going for the Strohs who's, you know, when he's on, he's filthy. I think Houston ends it tonight at home game seven. I don't think they lose game seven at home. I think they're going to get their first win of this series at home tonight, and I think Philly's going to end it tonight too. I you trust the Astros' bullpen more than you do the, the Rangers, but I will say the Rangers were the strongest. The Rangers almost blew it last night. Yes, they did. The Bases ball. loaded, but, man, LeClerc came in there, one out, man. Dude, got he that. Got lucky. He yeah. got lucky. He got lucky. John oh, Singleton, the young man who um, – he's not a young man anymore. Do you know about that story about the guy, the the last out with bases loaded, two outs, had like a eight-pitch at bat or whatever, kept fouling balls off? Have you heard his story? No, I don't, I don't know his story. I don't know his story. So my man 10 years ago was the top prospect in the Astros organization, came up, got a little money, went absolutely cuckoo and wild. You know how it is. Yeah. Been out of baseball for over five years. Okay. Comes back, decides to play minor league baseball, has a great, good year in the minors, gets p- called up for, you know, the expanded roster, plays great in the po- pros on the expanded roster, makes the damn club. He's the one who got the walk uh, back in game five. Yeah. Uh, huge for the Rangers. And then last night, man, I thought this dude was about to hit a slam. Like, you know what I'm saying? One of those yeah. like, those stories that come out. He's been out of baseball for five years, came back, hits a slam, sends him to the World Series. But, yeah, you're right. The Astros, I mean, the Rangers almost blew it. And they're living on the edge sometimes. But that damn team can hit, can't they? Yes, they can, man. And they can hit, they hit in clutch situations too, man. But, like I said, man, this has been a great series. I hate it has the end. I'm glad it's seven games. I'm glad it's going seven games, and I'm going to watch every pitch. Man, speaking of that, what do you think about the little Reds action today? Are they going to close it out at Citizens Bank? I think I think it's a done deal, man. You know, as much as I love baseball, watching Philadelphia play baseball in a playoff game, that atmosphere is just always crunk, man. <laughs> Is, there's no better place in baseball. Like, like I don't feel like baseball. There's really a home field advantage. Yes, the whole uh, will you you know have the last of bat in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Like, but you know, like the fans don't like you know in the in college football in the NFL football like that. You know, playing on the road matters, and baseball is not right. nearly as much except for except Philadelphia. Philadelphia, exactly. Man. It's it's, they go bananas for the whole game. You give them one excuse to jump on you, and, they man, they are all over you. And plus, Aaron Nola's been all over everybody in the postseason. You just kind of feel like Philly's closing it out and punching their ticket. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Uh, I know you got to let me go, but, you know, uh, we get, we're going to talk to the Grizz today. We're going to get that bad news, you know, you know, that we got yesterday on the Sunday. They could at least wait to put it on Monday morning, you know, by Stephen Adams, so. Hopefully oh, they'll man. get us. Uh, they'll get us some direction on where they're gonna go. Which you know, but you know, they're not gonna tell us anything. What but, time are you gonna be talking and putting some stuff out? Uh, they talk for about one or two. So something that come out about about three at the latest today. Of you know, but they're not gonna say anything. But we know they're gonna have to do something because they're gonna have to make a move. 
So the you know they just released the opening day roster on Friday, uh, but expect the trade to come within the next two weeks or before the end of the end of the year because they gotta get a big man in here because if they don't get a big man in here, Tillman's they, the only thing not, they got. Right, they will not be going. In, they they will be playing the play in tournament if they don't have a big man in their place. Uh, Adam, that's a key to their team. They got to get somebody in there to rebound the ball. How bad yeah. you you're not going to have any idea how bad it is for Adams, are you? Oh, it's it's over. It's a, it's a fork. You put it in. It's He's over, over, open, over. Right. It's it. It's over. Oh, He's done. He's done, son. Right knee surgery, and there's right. no chance to come back for even the playoffs. He, they should have did it in in January when they had an opportunity. Damn. You know they should have done it in January. You know, if they had done it in January when he went out the first time, he'd be coming back uh, in December. It would be perfect. It would be perfect situation. Now, it's going to two seasons be affected by that one knee. It's crazy how fast you can go from a Friday being every everybody excited about Wednesday, yeah. open up the season against the Pelicans, and then yeah. you come back on a Monday. And you kind of like during football, you get a little drop that, you know, yeah. oh, Steven Adams. Man, yeah. that's just terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I did because when when he played in the first exhibition game, I said, "Okay, they, we're you know, good." They just, yeah, we're good. They just send him out to the regular season, and at the end of the regular season, you, you drop this dudes on us. You know, oh, that's crazy. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, get but, ready for a trade, Grizzlies fans. Exactly, but and don't don't get attached to nobody because almost everybody in the book except DB and uh, Ja. Man, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, Terry D five fifteen and TSC Memphis Tri State Defense. Man, he is Terry Davis. He joins me every Monday. Be blessed out there, my friend. All right, my brother. Talk to you later. That is TD. We're back into Shake Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Happy Hour with Johnny Radio. This hour is brought to you by Scooters Plus on Summer Avenue. Here once again is Johnny Radio. Snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad, but he won't give up that easy. No, he won't have it. He knows his whole back to these ropes. It don't matter. He's dope. He knows that, but he's broke. He's so stacked that he knows. He Welcome back to a little Sports 56 Happy Hour. I'm your buddy Johnny Radio, hanging out with Brian Davis, big thanks to Jake Crane, to Terry Davis. Terry Davis, though, also reminded us why we just don't feel the all all excited this year about Wednesday's opening game. Yeah, we're we're excited the Grizzlies open up the season at the house, of course, against the New Orleans Pelicans. But right now, with the news that Stephen Adams is out for the season, as he's having season-ending knee surgery. Uh, of course, Jaws out the first twenty-five games. A lot of the excitement, you know, the 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 wind just got sucked out the sails. You know what I'm saying? But man, not only has the wind got sucked out of the sails for Grizzlies fan, releases on up front. But have you seen like how bad Dabo's team has fallen? Well, that, uh, that also could have happened before the season. I mean, I mean, but damn, everybody had some super high expectations about Clemson coming back, getting back. Uh, it was it was DJ Uyungle's you know issue. They didn't have yeah. a quarterback. Yada yada. Oh, this defense is going to be great. Man, they are four and three right now. They just lost to a terrible Miami team that was reeling. 
Not terrible, but damn, come on, man, please. And then bad coach. How about that? I want you to think about this. They're four and three on the season. They got games left against Notre Dame, South Carolina, and North Carolina. Who Ugh. North Carolina had a terrible loss. What this a week. game, John. Oh man. That was a fun game to watch. That was scary ugly. <laughs> that was for such a fun for game North to Carolina watch. fans. Yeah, fun game to watch. But again, Dabo. Um, what did you think about him also throwing his quarterback under the bus after the game? I mean, shocker, he's only done it the last two years, but nobody noticed because they all just we all agreed that DJU is bad. Yeah, Cape Clubnick, you know, he just basically throws him on the bus. By the way, another failed fourth down play, you know, you know, dooms Clemson in that mm-hmm. game. Shocker. Again, these crazy fourth down plays. It's just too much sometimes. Sure is. You're right about that, John. I mean, listen, listen. Have some cojones. You know what I'm saying? Believe mm-hmm. in your offense. Do it at certain spots. But, ma'am, you, you get to a point. <laughs> but get the vibe of the game. Like, yeah. if it's a defensive game and points matter, take the damn points. That's right. That's right. But a lot of coaches, they want to be analytics. And, oh, if you're if you're this close or this far away from the from the end zone, you got to go for it on fourth down no matter what. And if you're on your side, if, like, if you're going to give the ball back to, a, um, let's say, the opposing offense on the 35, how about you don't do that to your defense and you punt the damn ball and play a little mm. defense? Mm. You know, they always say it's, uh, it's, uh, there's three sides. I mean, it's like three, three things. You got the offense, you got the defense, you got the special teams. All three teams, all three have to play good for us to win. Man, well, you're like cutting off the defense's head. Hey, man, it's cool. Y'all just go stop them, man. They only got to get five yards to be in good field goal range. And you know they're gonna the momentum is going to have a touchdown. Understand the flow of the game. On the other side, we got to jump all up in the NFL. I got Hardenwood because it feels so good. And we got all kinds of bets. Sports 56, 98.5 FM.